exactly what I warned you about. There's so many dogs everywhere. How many dogs do we have right now? We have four dogs. <laughs> four One, dogs, two, of, three. but with a very... Very different body mass. Yes, yeah. and only one dog them. is going to be a guest on the podcast. Uh, Bowie, what do you have to say for yourself? Oh, he's eating, eating that mic. <laughs> he's eating the microphone. He says no. Yeah, That's classic right. Bowie. Uh, welcome to this episode of Scale is Needed, everybody. Um, Jesus, man, I'm I am uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm mm-hmm. going to kick this. I'm going to kick this episode off with a pleasant surprise, mm-hmm. guys. Oh, and we all made it. Did you know what? That, oh, oh, that we're all here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you know that the uh, the rule book for the 2020 CrossFit Games season has been released before the season started? Oh, just round of applause for yeah. everybody for participating. Yeah. Uh, last year, not only was the rule book delayed by like several months, mm-hmm. but it also was a fucked up season in that there was like a bunch of sanctionals that happened, and then the open happened, mm-hmm. and then. The, Everything was all mixed upside down. Well, my concern is that if CrossFit's putting out, you know, rules and things in a timely manner, what are the people going to do who spent all last year complaining every time they announced something that this was a sign that they really don't give a shit about the fans <laughs> and uh, that they don't have their shit together as things were uh, were sliding out? It was such a big part of the discourse last yeah. year. I'm going to miss it this year. Oh, it'll I be think. there. It'll I be there. It'll still be there. It, always is. It, it is always there. These are the types of big changes that you get. Whenever Armin Hammers, the CEO of CrossFit, that's right, that's right, guys. Uh, my reign has been very successful mm-hmm. so far. I've got, I've got to say, uh, I'm, I'm just lucky to have a team around me mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. support all yeah. of our, all of our, you know, big endeavors. And yeah. we've not yet had a full moon, so the CLO hasn't cleaned house yet. <laughs> not so yet. Still, still is still full staff at CrossFit mm-hmm. HQ. Yeah. And make sure whenever you, uh, you tweet or Instagram at Armin, you, you tag it with the hashtag CEO of CrossFit because that's. Not going to get you in any hot water with CrossFit HQ. I don't think. I don't, I don't think, think it would. So. I don't you think know, it at would this at point, all. I wouldn't be surprised if that's just how he became the CEO. Of CrossFit. Yes, that's right. He's it's like, like yeah, like eight people said it, so it's true now. It's like we weren't going to have another bring on another CEO, but honestly, this hashtag is picking up a lot of steam. So I feel like we got to jump on board this train before it leaves the station. Armin, you're the CEO now. I feel like that's how things are run at other companies. Is it? So that's I how it works. Th- for I mine. think so. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So we should cha- we do Chase's posts with hashtag Cellucor CEO. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's then do that. you'll be the CEO of Cellucor. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it works. Yeah. You'll be able to get us all Fraser aid at that point. Uh, that'd be Extend CEO. Uh, well, <laughs> then God, I guess. You just cannot get these brands straight. <laughs> I, that's my bad. That's my bad, guys. God damn it. Uh, yeah, so the rule book came out, and uh, regionals are back, sanctionals are gone. Mm-hmm. No more open qualification. Oh, wait, no. Yes. The format is the fucking same. Yes. Not so what you're saying is that they didn't learn their lessons <laughs> from this year, Armin? Because I'm pretty sure some of those people online were very confident that CrossFit was going to learn their lessons this year. Did they learn their lessons? Uh, I think they did learn their lessons. The, yes. the lesson they learned was that if you cut your costs by massive, massive amounts, mm-hmm. you will make more money at the mm-hmm. end of the day Yay. and not diminish your product. But as a spectator of the sport, I really, 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 really would prefer to see three weekends of regional competition of doing the exact same workout simultaneously (laughs) in uh, a few months before the games rather than the 20 or something individual competition stretched out over months that are in unique locations with completely different events each time. Because those regional competitions are the core of what CrossFit is. That's without what, it, what are we even doing? That's how I always felt about it as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Speaking of the core of what CrossFit is. The core? Abs. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Dave Castro mm-hmm. is competing in like a thing. Is, mm. is he, hmm. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram. Uh, I do. Yeah, yeah. Have you noticed that he, he's been posting a lot of stuff about shooting uh, right, like sniper rifle, rifle stuff? Uh, and, not the rep- I, Back in the day, I used to he used to do all the pistol. He was doing stuff. all the pistol yeah, yeah. stuff. Uh, but the, the recently, over the past like year or so, he's done mm. a lot of ruck posts, and mm. he's done a lot of um, uh, like rifle posts. And I mm-hmm. think he's participating or competing in this thing called the mammoth sniper challenge mm, and i'm shit. saying that based off of not some sort of like really in-depth um you know detective work that i did i just literally followed one of the tags on his posts mm-hmm. and it seems like a really interesting thing I, I can't tell exactly what it is it's like a shooting thing and an endurance thing at the same time so kind of like maybe the biathlon but instead of cross-country skiing it's rucking through things yeah i'm it's making a lot of assumptions house. here yeah i mean listen I, I don't know anything about it so we can just assume we just we just make up yeah, what yeah. it is and i yeah, think yeah. uh i think that that's plus there's one the part where it. you have to like you have to cut down a bunch of trees and then ride the logs down a river like an yes. old-timey lumberjack yes. uh, or that one sequence in Insomnia. Yeah. You have to ride them down, then sell them for timber, mm. then use the funds that you've procured from that to buy more weights to put in your backpack. That's yeah. right. That makes That's sense. Uh, I yes. think you actually also... Uh, you also don't start with a gun. Mm-hmm. You have to create. Yes, a and you gun. build it along the yeah, way. You have, to, you have to build a gun along the way. Yes, yes. You have uh, to so you build have to a blowgun out of the femur of a bear. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you have to ore your own iron, then smelt it. Mm-hmm. This this uh, just sounds like Skyrim. He with who smelt it dealt it. <laughs> As we know from David Cronenberg, you can build a functional gun out of chicken parts. True. I've heard this from existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is not the same as Extend, which is the company that gives boner pills. No, that's the company what? that that makes Fraser Aid, and it's not oh. the same as Extends, which is the boner pills. Which mm. is the boner pills, yeah. So don't don't get any of those things mixed up. Extends, Extend, mm-hmm. and Extends. Only yes. one of those things is is inside of Matt Fraser at any point in time. Yes, and everyone should see uh, the movie. Uh, that's the movie. The movie. <laughs> Existence. It's like the Matrix, but if it were off-putting to everyone, so mm-hmm. that's my sales pitch. <laughs> really, really sold me on that one. <laughs> really? The Matrix had cool bullet time. The Existence has Jennifer Jason Lee sticking her fi- fingering uh, Jude Law's spine, spine anus. Spine anus. Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, we're just all over the place right now. It's weird. We're recording this on a Saturday morning, so we have Saturday morning energy. Yes. Instead of Sunday like we have the whole energy. weekend ahead of us That's instead right. of wrapping up. Yeah. So we're going to start punching each other directly in the dick yeah. pretty soon. Uh, have we all watched The Boys? No. I no. haven't Please. watched any of it. I haven't yeah, had much there's time a really to awesome scene where uh, there's some fingering <laughs> of gills, man. Yeah, there's some gill fingering in, in And you the know boys. what? There's nothing. There's nothing really sexual about that, mm-hmm. but I felt like I had to turn it down. <laughs> hey, hold like, on, hold on. If there's something sexual about, uh, you know, inserting something into a human being's mouth, then there's something sexual about inserting something into a dolphin's blowhole. Yeah, yeah but it go. wasn't a dolphin's blowhole. It was not hole. a dolphin. It was a human's blowhole. <laughs> a human's blowhole. Yeah. Oh. And it wasn't a blowhole. It was just straight up gills. I didn't even know gills looked like that. I don't think they look like that, do I, they? In that universe, they do. Yeah, well, she was all up in that shit. Yeah. Anyway... And it was non-consensual. It was definitely <laughs> non-consensual. It's weird. It was, it's a weird show. Again, we'll if I'm not selling you then. on the boys by by any of the descriptions, we will, uh, we will that's watch the same guy that definitely fucks 
Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> he definitely watched. He definitely, definitely fucks the Dolphins. Boys. But uh, we have the rest of Mindhunter. We're still finished. catching up on Mindhunter. And oh, Dark Crystal just came you out. You haven't finished Mindhunter Oh, shit. Yet, Should huh? I be watching yeah. Mindhunter? Oh, yeah, it's really yeah. good. I never good. watched the first season. I was actually, well, it's the best show. The you best should, of all shows. It's the best. Holy shit. Well, you should shit. definitely watch the first season. Yeah. And if that doesn't do it for you, then I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Did you all watch the new Chappelle? Fuck. Yes, I did. Yeah, well, we all watched that. We could talk about that. Are we yeah. going to talk about how Chappelle's canceled? Yes. Yeah. Chappelle's, yeah. Chappelle's uh-huh. canceled uh-huh. as fuck. Chappelle's the worst human being. How yeah. dare he? Holy shit. Say any of those things. But more importantly, there's new Dark Crystal, which is whimsical. Everyone should watch. You guys know Dark never, Crystal I never watched Dark Crystal oh, as a kid. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys should watch the original Dark Crystal. Yeah, it's I missed that magical. shit. magical. Uh, so it was the first Jim Henson film, like his big epic, not his first film, but the first of his kind of two fantasy films, Labyrinth being the second one. Uh <clears throat> this was, this was kind of his uncompromised vision of doing an entire fantasy film all with puppets and you know uh, no humans no, no humans nothing at not all. the labyrinth the labyrinth enjoy that yeah. but labyrinth is a compromise yeah, there's lab- a human in there a couple yeah. humans in there after the mixed reception Arguably. of dark crystal originally or its lack of uh, i guess commercial success he ended up originally actually labyrinth he was they were going after da- uh, michael jackson to play the goblin king in labyrinth then switch to David Bowie. Anyway, watch Critical Dark switch. Crystal. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I think they Dark might Crystal. Have, they might have locked up the uh, the right uh, enduring enduring love that everyone has yes. for that movie by having the correct having alien the right being. person in there. Um, yeah, but uh, now there's an entire Netflix prequel, like however, like fucking ten episodes or something, to the Dark Crystal, which is madness and proof that we live in some sort of weird fantasy world where rules don't apply anymore because a film that was lamented for never having even gotten like a sequel or anything like that will now have just like an epic 10 part <laughs> prequel that we all just get to watch for free right now essentially uh it, you know we've talked about this a lot on the podcast mm-hmm. about dark crystal yes yeah, specifically dark crystal uh more specifically about how much our or like current culture is just referencing and reinventing, even sometimes not reinventing, just straight up redoing old shit that yeah, we experienced. It. It's not broke. And I saw this. <laughs> Why fix it? I saw this article uh, uh, on BuzzFeed. I, I it just happened to come up on my Twitter. I think someone interacted with. It's the okay. You browse BuzzFeed. You constantly. got a lot of time in your day, man. Uh, uh, you have no idea how true that is. And I. <laughs> I uh, I saw this article and it was about how Friends was not only uh, not only never a good show to begin with, <laughs> amen. But it was also you're just saying that because you get forced you get exposed to it forcibly. Uh, not only was it never a good show to begin with, but that it is like super uh, un PC and unwoke right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, it, that, yeah. That that's the same that's the same line of reasoning you'll have for applied to a great many bits of art you like not only is it not good now but in fact you might not have known this it never was it good. never was yes right. and i it made me think that maybe maybe not only is is uh is our current day-to-day culture uh very referential and like hey let's redo what has happened in the past but it's also driving the fact that there's there haven't been any new thoughts there there aren't new Concepts. There what about Cardi B? There aren't new thoughts coming. <laughs> nice. Taking a break from breakfast <laughs> to just drop that bomb on us. <laughs> nice one, dude. Uh, there aren't new thoughts. And therefore, 
what's being invented are just new ways of talking about old shit. Mm-hmm. So in like 50 years, there's going to be another thing that's like, oh, on the 75th anniversary of Friends, which your grandparents watched, it actually was really good because it was a, a show about human to human interaction in the world. Now we view it through the lens of living with robots constantly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of the reason is that culture ended in like the late 90s. Once internet began, <laughs> yeah. there was no longer human culture. Once Dark City because was it, released. Because in yes. order for human culture to exist, the whole world has to not be connected. There have to be pockets of people mm-hmm. who've never heard, who you've never heard of, and they've never heard of you, and they're completely disconnected from the other outside world things, and they're just doing their thing for a while. Thrash metal in San Francisco, just a few bands who know each other, passing around tapes, no one really knows about mm-hmm. it, then thrash metal can develop. Yeah, well, the thing is, those cultures exist now, but they do not exist, they're not localized geographically like there's all these little pockets but because they're not localized uh geographically um they don't have to in order to get mainstream popularity they don't have to amass the same number of people to still be able to kind of produce work and have fans that it used to the big distinction between pre-90s and post-90s is that previously we had this monolithic culture because everything was produced basically out of a couple coastal cities and it was broadcast to everyone and therefore we had to have these big cultural waves of like this is in right now or swing dancing is a thing in the 90s all of a sudden but now that everything is mambo broken, number five bro yes mambo number five exactly but now that every now that everyone can talk to everyone literally all the time whatever interest you have even if there's only 15,000 people in the whole world, which essentially means zero people, then that 15,000 people can follow one YouTube channel and really be into whatever that thing is. And that can sustain that one person who's giving it to them. Hmm. Like I currently watch one YouTube channel that has 15,000 subscribers that is a girl with some sort of accent that I don't know what it is. rubbing balloons. Just just reacting to heavy metal videos because she's never seen heavy metal before. And I like it. Because I like heavy metal, and no one else in the world probably likes it, but I like watching that one channel. Yeah, and you know, that it, works. We do live in a very interesting time about that because mm-hmm. you know the the idea of uh, there's that idea of like your first you're like the thousand fans, right? You don't need like yeah, a yeah. million fans anymore. You need a thousand fans to like make any sort of uh, any sort of concept mm-hmm. really work in the mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, now we have we have trillion dollar companies like Amazon and Netflix and Apple investing in what would have been just the thousand dollar or the thousand fan concept, Mm -hmm. but spending hundreds of millions of dollars to do it. Like, for example, this Dark Crystal thing, the the 15,000 people that grew up and remember and love Dark Crystal and are like, man, this is actually still a poignant part of my life today. I think about this. I would I would call that Dark Crystal. I would call a different phenomenon. I think that there are things that have been culture that are a big part of our kind of collective cultural memory from the sort of pre '90s period, from sort of '90s and before. There are big things that might have some kind of traction that we just couldn't have discovered previously. We didn't realize that many people liked the Dark Crystal until Tumblr existed, and we realized that we all grew up collectively watching the Dark Crystal, or every girl of a certain age grew up watching Labyrinth or whatever, and created memes and all sorts of other self-generated 
manifestations on the internet of that fandom that were observable. Whereas previously it was like, well, this film didn't do very well in the 80s. Do you want to spend $40 million or $100 million making a sequel? No? Okay, good, because that's pretty much... Oh, that's the roll of the dice. But now one can actually see that, oh shit, it turns out Dark Crystal was a lot more resonant to a lot more people. And you can then kind of make the, 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 the gamble that it's worth it if we put this out there into the world. Versus, say, and I know the thing that you're talking about, because we're encountering that sometimes you know, uh, in work and in life. It's just people see smaller, more nimble production models and they say, we need to create that kind of content. So they attempt to create a more nimble, tiny YouTube vlog style content that they clearly spent a hundred times the amount of money on to get an inferior product. Like they'll, you'll see a vlog that clearly had like a six person crew, but it has no personality or eccentricity and therefore doesn't feel like a vlog. Whereas the one that's Ouch. shot by a guy, <laughs> oh, is, are you, are you thinking of someone specifically here? Well, I, I mean, that makes me think of like, Will Smith's channel. Oh, yeah, stuff like, like that. I mean, that being the most extreme example. Yeah, 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 100%. Or even stuff like, you know, you'll see like establishment entertainment uh, uh, journalists or established or entities or, you know, sports media entities or whatever creating their little break off little vlog show, their little lo fi talk into an iPhone show that sucks and clearly cost more money than the ones that However, other people are doing. That said, mm -hmm. how lucky are we to live in the time of Jablinski Games? Dude, which is pretty solid. Uh, Did anyone Jack find him? Black's, Jack Black's, <laughs> which is Jack Black's YouTube channel. He started a quote-unquote gaming YouTube channel. Uh, and I does, see. I watched his regular channel. He sh he shoots all of it on an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, well, at least the first like handful of episodes was all on iPhone. Yeah. And now I think he has an actual camera. But it, it looks like his kid edits all of mm -hmm. it basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's fucking great. It's only interesting because it's Jack Black. It's the exact opposite of yeah. like. The Will Smith channel. I mean, Will Smith's channel is like, I think I've watched one video on it. It's interesting. But it's like, just him doing dope shit being Will Smith, yeah, reminding him, you that you're inferior. It's like him being Will Smith, and he's like, I, I started a vlog channel. And what you don't see is like, there's a line producer behind the camera, yeah. and there's a lighting guy. And <laughs> Say it like, more excited. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the other thing is that, is that there is like, we're really good, and I just, if you, if let's get fucking, you know, let's get into it. Let's get into it. it for a second, because I spent all day manipulating like edits that other people are doing, and like giving notes on edits and working on just video edits, you know, all day. I've more, I've put in my Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours a couple different times, and it's just there is the eccentricities of an individual editor, especially if that person is shooting it, performing it, editing it themselves. So it has some, even the things that they do wrong contribute right. to like an actual personal signature or a personal feel for how a video is created. And that's really what people are often are responding to in vlogs. They're responding to the rhythms and they're responding to the personality and they're responding to the flash and they're responding to just a bunch of things that kind of emerge from that person's subconscious. All of their different decisions just kind of create something that's fun or create something that's unique. And that's when people are interested in a YouTube channel. What they're kind of responding to is that signature. The problem is the more people who are involved in that process in between shooting to editing to performing 
to whatever, each one of those people, they don't necessarily, all their eccentricities don't overlap, but a lot of just the basics, the mechanics of editing, you know, like just make it functional. That's the, the, the lowest common denominator aspects of media are still there. And so, you know, all the eccentricities kind of get sanded off the yeah. more people get involved in it. Everything is and, diluted a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and that's why it, it helps often. And I'm not saying that media with personality is not created by large teams of people. It just requires at some point someone who's really passionate, like a director director or the producer of a particular show to like really force that eccentricity through the mechanism of all of these different people working together and trying to create something so it doesn't just become homogenous and you know bland and you see that so much with the difference you can feel it instantly the difference between a vlog that organically caught on because someone had an eccentric personality and rhythms and style that resonated with people that they didn't even know they had until they kind of put it out there versus six people who maybe don't even have the same taste in anything outside of this assignment uh, just trying to assemble something and induce the same effect. It's just almost impossible to induce unless you're really fucking good. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, that's that's one of the things that we saw with Nystat. Yeah. I mean, there has never <laughs> there hasn't been anybody who's been able to recreate Nystat even though there are millions of people trying to copy his shit and his style yeah. constantly. Teams it's, of people trying to do it. That's incredibly validating. I mean, you remember like three years ago, like I was running around with a laptop and like pointing at the screen and like this guy's making one of these every day. This is significant. And everyone around me was like, this guy is annoying and has stupid sunglasses. And here we are two years later. You're not wrong. And, uh, and here we are two years later, and we have millions of Casey, uh, like wannabe Casey Neistat's out there in the world. And I think, and I just, especially as someone who spent a lot of time just messing with filmmaking and enjoying filmmaking, like what he did was so exciting and interesting. Just the idea of total freedom, gonna create, gonna not say, I'm gonna do this every day, therefore it has to be a lo fi, shitty vlog. Just all of his personality and all of his rhythms and all of what he had cultivated, his signature that he had cultivated through years and years of media making just exploding into these 10-minute exuberant vlogs that would come out once a day. Like he just, it was like running a four-minute mile in the sense that the once someone did it and proved like, yeah, you can do this, you can have, you can actually pull this off, it, it changed the game in the sense that as soon as I could see that that was possible, it made me reflect on, fuck, you're right. Like we have so many music resources available now and so many After Effects resources and the editing systems have become so seamless and the cameras have become so small. There's really, and if you're shooting it yourself, you can edit it a lot faster. There's no reason that one can't produce something of that level of quality on even a weekly basis. If this guy's doing it on a daily basis. And so it really... Um, and yeah, it's affected the kind of work that we've done in all sorts of different ways. So it really is a game-changing thing. So, yeah. 100%. I wonder what it says about the culture that... It's both a positive thing because I think people try to rise to that sort of an inspiration. Mm -hmm. But it's also, in a strange way, like a double-edged blade there, right? Mm -hmm. Because people try and rise to that expectation. But generally speaking, most people just end up trying to copy it. Yeah. And they lose the spirit of the thing in the copy. Mm -hmm. and yeah. it, nev it almost never works out well. Like I can't think of someone who has been copying another version of... Or an, it's like different from taking an inspiration. Like there's yeah. there's like carbon copies that well, just well, don't work. It depends on what what aspects are you copying? Are you trying to do? Because this is the case with movies, case with everything else. There's you know, sh 
shills and second handers who all they will do is literally try to make as close as they can to an exact replica of the thing they see and like versus someone can take inspiration from what's Casey Neistat is doing in the sense of, hey, I would like to do something like that, something where my unique personality gets to show through something I will edit every day that will be because my personality is different, very different from Casey Neistat. Mm. And the other thing is the you have these people who you have to be able to like look at that media in the world and instead if I, if there's anything in the world where you say I wish I was making exactly that thing then it's like you need to get back out in the world and cultivate some other interests or something because really like you know people when people end up copying shit it's because they have no nothing interesting that they want to bring to it or say but they instead look at the whole the full constellation of things which largely means fixating on the superficial elements like a you million know, youtube subscribers well even by sorry the superficial elements i don't even mean the the like the, the like the pragmatic like success what i mean is like they'll just try and replicate exactly like Casey and I's oh, like in the style edit or something yeah in the edit right. in his style and all sorts of those things they'll try and I'll wear sunglasses too Exactly. You'll see the, and you see those people all the time, and they're I mean, the, because they're searching for anything that they can easily identify and then pull down and replicate. The, and that's what everyone. That's what I did when I was nineteen. I would look at movies and I would just say like, "That's a cool shot. That's a cool shot. I could replicate those cool shots, and then I'll be a filmmaker. Yay!" And then all you end up doing is having something that has none of the soul, and you're just sort of replicating just the kind of superficial elements of those films. It's like when you actually kind of begin to dig in and try and make stuff, you begin to see, oh, well, what really makes like everything from Pulp Fiction to Casey Neistat's vlog work is what he's do what kind of the, the fundamental underpinnings of it, like what the nature of the content he's shooting on a daily basis or the nature of the films or the stories that are being told and that these, all that superficial stuff is an outgrowth of that. So anyway, it's just one of those things where once you have something to say and you dig in a little bit deeper on on some of these things, then you don't need to replicate just the the, the superficial aspects anymore. You actually can have something to say, and you can look at Casey Neistat's vlog and say, "I want to do that in 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 construction, but my voice would be something different." And that just happens over time and iteration and iteration and iteration. So, yeah, yeah. Pulp Fiction versus Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yes, there you go. Uh, you know. Anything two equivalent that masterpieces suck versus <laughs> Colin Trevorrow, right? Do you remember that he exists? By the way, yeah, I know. you guys remember the alternate history in which he was directing the Star Wars, writing movie? and directing mm. Episode Nine? Yeah, I honestly at this oh, point kind of wish that happened. Good segue into this Episode Nine trailer that we saw. Oh today. Jesus! Mm. I think the poster that I saw for Episode Episode Nine with uh, Palpatine replaced with Shrek is a 10 for 10 way better movie than what we're potentially going to get with episode nine. Yeah. Imagine like, we get to the end of it and it's fucking Shrek. Layers. I, I don't know what you're referring to. What is the Shrek thing? It's a meme. Uh, it's, the po it's the same poster. It's that same shitty, stupid, uh -huh. like, you know, animated Disney cartoon poster. Mm -hmm. But instead of Palpatine's face in the background, it's Shrek's face in okay, the background. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. And it's, uh, mm -hmm. Shrek it's high it's quality. Great. It's fantastic. Um, we talked about how that Shrek was a toy. Did we talk? Or I'm sorry, that Palpatine is a toy. Palpatine oh, is shit, a, toy. He's a toy. Did you not know that? Oh, okay, Palpatine is so, uh, a toy for the new movie? No, no. Oh. In that poster, the image of Palpatine that they use was pulled off of a toy. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then put on the official marketing materials for That's this bajillion dollar budgeted movie. Damn. 
and that it makes total sense. It really makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it makes it makes total yes. sense to me. Yes. It makes total sense. It's everything that I expected it to be, yes. and then some. Uh, but yeah, it is. It is based off of a toy. It's a it's a close up. It's an cool. extreme close up of a toy's face. But a sick ass toy. Probably. Apparently, how do they yeah. keep fucking this up, man? I just don't like how. Because Kathleen Kennedy is not <laughs> is not Kevin Feige. That's that's how they keep fucking it up. Yeah, man. But that's she's supposed to be good with like the Star Wars stuff. She's been there since like the beginning, right? In a strange what? way, I... the best one they made was the one that we thought they'd fuck up the most, which was Solo. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard to tell how much of that was like, but the, it also, but it also at the same time represents one of their biggest fuck ups at the same time. Right. It's a, so you can say like they they made a good decision in hiring Lord and Miller, who they then fired for adding for apparently trying to make it like have a fun tone. Too interesting. Brought in Ron Howard to double the budget of a film that they then pumped out something that was boring and did not make much money. But and then. And then, in the same year, Lord Miller, on a lesser property that was being animated for Sony, that was kind of an afterthought relative to the major Spider-Man property they had already sold to to uh, to uh, uh, license back to Marvel, they end up making like the runaway underground critical and commercial hit of the year, even though they produced it and did not technically direct it, but their ha- they wrote it and their hands are all over it. Um, you know, uh, and so, yeah, a lot of egg on the face, I think of, uh, just a little bit uh, of, of Star Wars right now. It's like, it's like you, you, it's like you, you, you kick someone off the team and they are the MVP of the league the next year. That's sports. Well, this is very much what we were talking about, about emulating the superficial aspects. The first, the force awakens was very much JJ Abrams explicitly trying to emulate the most superficial aspects of Star Wars, with no for understanding the of the fundamental un- uh, uh, yeah. fundamentals that underlie. You know and what then, makes Star Wars interesting? The mystery of it all. You know what people want? <laughs> Sand. You know what people want? Lightsabers. You know what people mm. want? A big orb that shoots lasers and blows up planets. All the good stuff in Star Wars. So that's 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 taking just a superficial layer, and then Rian Johnson. I'm going to continue calling him Rian. Don't God fucking correct me. It. It's Ryan Johnson. Uh-huh. Anyway, Rian, literally Rian no one Johnson, is confused on this Rian point. Rian Johnson. Uh, anyone who just reads, and anyone who doesn't ha- like him much. Uh, Rian Johnson takes also the superficial tack on it, where uh, uh, he takes all of the superficial aspects of Star Wars and just inverts them. Here is the superficial thing one would want to see. I'm going to do anti that. It's like you want to see lightsabers fight other lightsabers? Fuck you. You want to see (laughs) Luke be all a heroic monk who, you know, has the force powers and can be all badass? I'm going to flip that into the opposite Sucks of for that. you. He's an old drunkard living on an island yeah. no one mm. gives a fuck about. You want, milk. To fi- you want to find out titty the milk. backstory <laughs> from the titty. titty milk. You want to find, you're really, really curious about Ray's backstory. Who is she related to? How does she relate to all this? I will do opposite that. Fuck want- a couch. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You want to find out Snoke's backstory. Who is this mysterious figure with super duper force powers? He's dead all as that fuck. Shit. He, yeah. well, well, what is his backstory? Really curious to find out. I'll do opposite that. Yes, but themes... But themes and then casino, I, casino themes. In a but at way, the end, a kid does pick up a stick. So. That's true. That's true. And you want to see Leia die in space because of no oxygen? Instead, flip it. She flies through space. Yeah. The only when surviving did, member of the cast is I, now I, not. in That's the, the other thing. So just, when did the when did the myth of when did the myth of Ryan Johnson being an important voice in filmmaking emerge? Like I never right got after it. Looper, man. Right like, after Looper. Well, that's the thing is, but that's the thing is, Brick. Uh, 
interesting concept, not great in execution. Uh, then he made a film called The Brothers Bloom that was bl- forgotten for reasons. Then he returns with Looper, which I got through once and Looper. definitely has a lot of things in it, but is not necessarily a great or smart movie. It has, it's, 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 it's flailing really hard to be an interesting science fiction film, but isn't. And they then, shoot with blunderbusses, because yeah. why not? Yeah. And, um,. Time travel. Yes. And and I know that this feels very much like I was saying before. It's like now that someone made a thing, like it's like, well, that wasn't good. They were they were never good. But the thing is, I was just never on the Ryan Johnson train. But it's like it was inoffensively bad. So it's the kind of thing like if other people really dig Looper, there's no reason I have no no reason to to, to, to shit on Looper. But then once we're getting into the start, like don't well, force me to be mean to Ryan Johnson. Well, Looper, Take a shit on the floor. Yeah, the right. thing about Looper was that Looper was just interesting enough for me to be like, I'm interested to see what this guy's totally. Star Wars movie would look like. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean you give the guy carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, don't even stop. You some here's what here at some point someone with the power to say mm, no yeah. read the script for the Last Jedi and was like. This is the one. But here's the thing. This Here, is good. Here's the thing. Is Looper was He's interesting and eccentric enough. Looper was interesting and eccentric enough that if Revenge of the Sith had been good, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, which was, was it called? What was the last the one? Last the last Jedi. 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 Last yeah. Jedi. Oh, Fuck. These are all the same. The last Jedi. So if the last Jedi had been... Uh, if the last Jedi had been good, I would have totally like thought. I mean, if it had been, if it had delivered a solid Star Wars movie, I definitely would have thought. I guess everyone saw a lot in Looper that I didn't see. But now we've gotten to this point where you know what? The it's the last Jet. <laughs> Do you know what the last Jedi feels like? It feels like the same kind of clumsy and awkward and confused and ambitious, but maybe too ambitious in the wrong ways. Kind of amateurish film that Looper was. And that Brothers Bloom was in that try-hard kind of a way. And that Brick was. And so we definitely have a Ryan Johnson film. And that's the fucked up part is, you know, looking at it relative to the other films. He like, delivered exactly he's, what he's you delivered expected. Four, <laughs> he has delivered four films where it's like, man, this guy really is in love with his own ideas, but he doesn't quite have the depth of skills to pull those ideas off or at least I'm sorry I just have the depth of skills he does not edit them in a way his ideas in a way that that turns them into anything compelling because I mean and again that's fine Brick is a really interesting concept that does not ultimately turn into a good movie and I would say the same about his other two films and you know what I would say the exact same thing about Last Jedi. There's some interesting intentions there that just are never actually written fully into the script as we've discussed a lot. It feels like a first draft. The whole script feels like a first draft, and and it's the thing where it's like there's this um, there's this perfect unity to his entire filmography of just sort of kind of try hard movies that don't quite work, <laughs> and and then I was, I was just reflecting on that now. Well, yeah. Now what we're seeing, it, it, Star Wars, Disney, they had a perfect opportunity here. To mm-hmm. just lean completely into the insanity and absurdity and stupidity of their previous decisions and just turn it up to 11. Bring Colin Trevorrow back 
Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson. That guy has fucked it so badly. No, I say bring Ryan. I say give Ryan Johnson everything because the the tragedy of the J.J. Abrams thing now is J.J. Abrams to make a bad movie and it'll even cowardly address many of the the most silly and superficial uh, criticisms of Last Jedi, which is a whole separate issue. And they'll throw some things back in, or they'll give Ray parents or something. They'll they'll do something, and then everyone will say, and the narrative that will live on in the minds of many people was Ryan Johnson, you know, made his one perfect visionary film that and that but that the the intention, the arc, the beautiful story that was being cultivated by Kathleen Kennedy, who is a genius. And um and uh <laughs> so and, so and, and, and 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 Ryan Johnson was cut short by the evil uh, uh, by J.J. Abrams' mystery box. People are people are comfortable shitting on J.J. Abrams, like that's allowed. So they will shit on him and claim that even though after all said and done, people have to acknowledge that the entire thing is somewhat flawed, they will attribute all of the flaws to J.J. Abrams and they will say that the one shining beacon of perfection in the middle of it is Last Jedi. And that will be enough of a kind of weird like rhetorical idea in their mind that that will enable them to maintain that notion moving forward for decades to come. Well, it's lucky for them in like 10 years, they're going to have an entire Ryan Johnson. Will trilogy. They? Apparently. <laughs> will they though? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the other thing. But the Mandalorian trailer is out for the official reboot of the star Wars universe. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, on television. And, uh, uh, well, we're, we're going to get the, we're going to get the, the, D.B. Weiss and will we Dan whatever well, oh, they have David Benioff yeah, yeah the Benioff yeah but will we they have the release dates for that there movie are a lot of movies there were release dates happen. for Colin Trevorrow's Star Wars movie too yes. hell yeah they pick those release dates very far in advance well before anything is done that sounds um, pretty awful but, but also I, it is occurring to me that the Mandalorian is acting as a reboot of the Star Wars universe and which is of course a prequel set in the earlier days before these uh, sequels came and that gets me thinking I, I assume it is right is yeah, it? yeah it is yeah yeah, so I, I think no actually the 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 future of the future of the Star Wars universe movies is things always set before the Force Awakens because the Earth has been salted so hard for everything that exists. Yeah, you know, 100%. Force Awakens on it's like all the interesting characters, all the interesting things have been destroyed. Anything so, past anything past Last Jedi is officially done, and everything will have to do. Prior to yeah, that so it'll all be prequels and set, or even set thousand years ago, or set wherever else. You know, all in the time in the before time and the yes. long, long ago. There's a whole bunch of cool shit that could happen in yes. between there. Fuck yeah! Which like this was like set a thousand this, years uh, before uh, Ahsoka or yeah. Asaka or however you say her fucking name from Clone Wars. Yeah, you guys remember that chick? I, I don't. Didn't, I you didn't, didn't watch. I didn't watch the Clone Wars series. Did you watch it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch it, but I know who Damn. she is. Uh, Ahsoka. I know who she be. Bad bitch. Um, yeah. So let's let speaking of the episode nine trailer thing that came out of d23 i don't really remember a lot of it other than the stupid fucking like maybe one of the dumbest things i've ever seen Mm. in any sort of preview or anything someone actually created this which was a evil looking ray flipping over a a lightsaber staff yeah yeah yeah. and kind of clumsily a little bit too she kind of has to shove it open and it kind of like doesn't eh. It was like a two-headed guitar. The thing that flipped into the thing that really bothers me about that is that um, the physics make it look like the blades have weight. That's true. Yes, that was what bothered me. But the I guess they don't do this. The second version, no, the the, the other thing that really flipped open like nunchucks was Ray. Ray looks 
Like they they clearly cast God, what the fuck? Daisy Ridley. They cast Daisy Ridley because she's so like innocent looking and she's this like really uh you know sort of uh, wrecking she's like a Katy Perry of like oh you're just mm-hmm. this really recognizable pretty white chick who's going to be the main character of our movie that's mm-hmm. great you don't just add like dark eyeliner to her and put her in a hood and it's like yes oh, you do evil by the way like, by the way yes, she just looks so dumb in that fucking shot and i was yes. like you can't who approved this look this look doesn't even look like you could be a bad guy you just look mm-hmm. like you're having like you broke up with your boyfriend and you're listening to fucking some emo music yeah. charlotte by the way by the way i have an interesting theory for the, the most interesting possible thing that that version that dark version of ray could be now, obviously, the dumber things are it's just a fantasy where whatever, whatever happens. Or the slightly more interesting but also dumb thing is Palpatine's ghost inhabits her. And then she becomes Evil Ray briefly while Palpatine's ghost is uh, possessing her. In the meantime, but, constructs yes, a double-ended but, lightsaber. By exactly, the way. exactly. But the more interesting thing, the more interesting thing is, remember from the prequels. Oh, yes, remember from the prequels where it was sort of implied that Palpatine created Anakin by manipulating midichlorians? Well... Palpatine's ghost, Force Ghost, because he's even more powerful, manipulated midichlorians. They won't use the word midichlorians, but induced the birth of what he intended to be the most evil Jedi ever. But, surprise, surprise, when the babies popped out, it was twins, identical twins. One, but one of them was too good for it. It had the positive side of the midichlorians, but one was exactly what he wanted. It had the evil side of the midichlorians. Every Schwartz has an upside and a downside. Exactly. So he tossed off the good twin to a pair of drunks there, whatever, and those were the nobody, quote, nobody parents that she had. Whereas the evil one, he forced Ghosty uh, raised the evil Ray. And so the most interesting thing is if there is an evil Ray out there who's just as powerful as the impossibly powerful Ray who immediately (laughs) can uh, fight with lights Saber's better than everybody yeah. and lift rocks without any training or she anything. She can get better just so by thinking have, about it. Because Rey so far has been established as being impossibly powerful, way more powerful than any of the Jedi ever featured in any of the movies there. That's right. So the only thing that could counter her is an identical twin who has been training and is evil and with the, the, the staffy lightsaber. That would be cool. But that's not going to happen. Oh, exactly. Though, that's too interesting to possibly be. What, and, but, here's, but realistically, here's, here's an alternate history, which is Rey fights with a staff. There's a famous staff in Star Wars, which is Darth Maul's. They need to sell a toy of Rey wielding Darth Maul's lightsaber, and so they're going to insert a fantasy sequence where dark evil Rey holds Darth Maul's lightsaber and actually digitally construct it, because that scene is not done yet, digitally construct Rey's evil face and put it in the trailer because they need that shit. That toy is hitting shelves for Christmas this year, and that's why that shot needed to be in that trailer, and that is why that fantasy sequence will be f- will be sh- featured for maybe six seconds. But at the end of the movie, she actually will wield a double-sided lightsaber, and everyone will go, Woo! It's like, what, what haven't we seen yet? Well, we've seen a double-sided lightsaber, yeah. but it's been a bad guy yeah. lightsaber. What if we had a double-sided lightsaber where one end is blue and the other end is green, and she is the wielder of those two? Two energies, the yes. Anakin and the Luke energies. Yeah, and it's like, oh wow, fucking kill me now. Yeah. Kill me now. But here's please. the thing. Here's the thing is I'm not above that kind of shit, obviously, because we all loved Endgame, where the big moment and one of the big moments at the end is fucking spoiler alert, but Captain America takes Thor's hammer and we all cheer. Here's the difference. 
I feel like I've met Captain America before. <laughs> I still, two movies in, don't feel like I've yet met the character of Ray. Like it's again, I, I've, I've I harped on this when the first teaser for Episode Three came out, but it very much feels like that Hobbit versus Lord of the Rings. When Return of the King came out, I was like, I can't wait to see what happens to my favorite characters. What's going to happen to them? And when the when the third Hobbit film came out, the trailer came out. I was trying to remember who everyone was in the movie. <laughs> I was like, what? What was that guy? What happened to the dragon? Exactly. I had no idea who anyone was. And so this is the same situation when the third trailer for for uh, when the third trailer for uh, for the for the first trailer for the third new Star Wars film came out. I remember seeing Ray and thinking, still having that anticipatory excitement I had when I saw the Force Awakens trailer of I wonder who she's gonna turn out to be. <laughs> and I realized, like, wait a minute, I shouldn't be feeling that three movies in. Yeah, you know, like, we should be wrapping this shit up. You know, what's gonna be great. You're yeah. probably going to be able to watch episode nine uh, without having seen Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. It's going to be yet another gonna, remake. Of it's going to make of just Hope. as much sense as if it was The Force Awakens that happens. That, at that was point. the really impressive thing about the last movie is that it had it did not fucking matter if you knew these characters from the first movie. It had at nothing all. to do with it any of nothing. the previous movies. It was like, and now a random story about people in space. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> slowest chase awesome. of all time. <laughs> also. Plot hole in your theory. Mm-hmm. Palpatine's a bad dude. He's not just gonna break a baby's neck as soon as it's born. He's like, ah, that one didn't come out. Mm-hmm. Cracks the neck. Instead, he's like, I'm gonna send you to live with these fucking drunkards on yeah. sand. No way. Palpatine's that dude. He would have yeah. killed that baby. Or just alternately, alternately, and here's where I really think that if or they end up doing the Palpatine thing, it's going is they're just gonna fucking reveal that Ray, you're actually a secret noble lady, and you're from house turned to camera. Palpatine and she's gonna go what and we're gonna realize that that's why she was spirited away and hidden on a planet right the because drunker she's parents one of, yeah. were like uh, Palpatine's like niece exactly. and her husband or something exactly. oh I thought and, but I that's, that's kind of what we've been expecting since the first film so we, we we saw that in the trailer for Force Awakens and everyone was like I think she's gonna be Palpatine's whatever and it looks like they've decided well that became a meme let's make that the actual movie now oh God, it's a better idea than anything we've ever had we could crowdsource there's this literally out. nothing else left to do that could possibly Possibly be interesting, so that What's when you th- said House Palpatine, I thought you were taking it to uh, to Game of Thrones. Yeah, and that at the end of the movie, we're gonna see DB Weiss and uh, David Benioff like Photoshop their heads into space and are like, mm-hmm. and now check out the island of <laughs> Westeros. As it turns out, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, actually, in fact, means that Game of Thrones happened in this galaxy in this universe. This All is the what's to the east. Throw out of great it's what Arya finds. Luke is going to be in the turret gun shooting uh, fucking dragons out of space. Luke kind of forgot that he was supposed to be a good guy. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, the, what's really sort of uh, uh, disappointing for me among the multitude of disappointing things is mm-hmm. uh, I, I I just don't understand how they can find any compelling story with where they left off at the end of the last Jedi. One of the things there's no there is no they could they can here's what they should do go out of the gate and just make a good science fiction action movie because that's what's been missing from both of the two previous films of this current series just make a good science fiction fantasy action film have it have a cool plot and stuff and just i don't know just make something good and functional because at this point there are no narrative threads that have or dramatic threads that have been cultivated to be paid off there's no built-up potential energy of dramatic tension to be released there's nothing there's just various actors who we've seen in two movies 
you know, who could be like in the next movie, for example, is is Adam Driver's character going to be like um, uh, a, a bloodthirsty sociopath from minute one to minute end, or is he going to be a nice guy from minute one to minute end? It really could be either thing, even though he does do a villain turn at the end of the last movie. But really, either one would make total sense because we have we like ar- get, argue against why either one of those could be the case. You can't because there's no nothing really clearly established about either character that is in any way a significant part of the discourse about the film. So even if it were established in the pre- two previous films, it could easily be undone. Like, not everyone's saying, man, I fucking hate... What is his character's name? I don't even remember. Kylo, Kylo, Ren. Kylo Ren. Ren. I'm sorry. I really hate Kylo Ren. I can't wait for him to get his proper comeuppance for that one thing he did, like Joffrey or like um, Darth Vader or anything. There's just... there's no, We have no potential energy built up for what we want to see happen to anyone or I can't wait for Ray to finally get what she there's nothing built up so there is no cathartic well people like oh man are they going to stick the landing or like we're already past that point we're already past the point where anything how many bones are are they going to break in this fall exactly (laughs) and it's like it's but the thing is ultimately the end of the day what they could deliver is a really fun and like what J.J. Abrams can do look at the first Star Trek film is deliver an exhilarating wonderful science fiction action film and I would love to see that that would be cool it would be nice if it there were some winking references to some older Star Wars shit. That would be cool. But the idea that anything is going to... We're already past the point where it could be some sort of resonant or cathartic or big thing. It is, we have The ship has sailed. I, so. I, I think I know... So the, the big question that I have is, is what would it take for Episode Nine to actually redeem any of the, the previous two movies? And I think it, it mm. starts something like this. It starts with Bowie tearing down the door in the background here. It starts with, I hope that's on camera, by the way. I don't know if the camera, yeah, I think you can see it. It starts with, you know, uh, uh, would it be 30? No, it'd be like 45 years ago. And it shows Mace Windu attacking Palpatine. Palpatine kills Mace Windu, or he like, you know, hits him. And then Anakin kills him, throws him out the window, right? And it cuts to the, the base level of Coruscant and someone finds Mace Windu's purple lightsaber oh. and turns it on and realizes what it is. Oh shit. <laughs> Kills somebody in the moment. Yeah, right. Uh and then backwards. Mace Windu's purple lightsaber comes back yes. in episode nine. I have a better alternative, Gina. No. Okay. Give it to me. I have a better alternative. So Palpatine throws Mace Windu out the window. He falls, he falls, he falls. But then we get down to the bottom, and there's just a humble orange merchant pushing his cart of oranges down the thing. And all of a sudden, we hear, motherfucker! And then, boom! Orange juice is everywhere, first of all. It's a goddamn sun-kissed commercial. Just explosions of OJ uh, everywhere. And then, getting up out, ah! is Mace Windu. But he's a lot of orange juice in one of his eyes. So he pulls on an eye patch... You see where I'm oh, going I here. I do see where you're going here. And we realize Mace Windu is actually Nick Fury in disguise. That's why, that's why the guy, that's why the fucking guy had to replace him in Captain Marvel because he was here recruiting new superheroes way back in time, in space. And so then he's like, he pulls out his little beeper and he's like, call in reinforcements or something. <laughs> Portal opens. Who walks out? Fucking the Avengers that would make for a great Star Wars Episode Nine, And, and they're like, hold on, we have to get to this place in 70 years when the other shit happens. And then they springs the Avengers through a time portal. If really the first third were just the Avengers, 
That would be great. Like, think about things that would save Star Wars Episode Nine. The first 30 minutes, no Star Wars, only Avengers. Only Avengers doing Avengers shit, and then eventually connects back up. That yeah. would save the it's, series. Okay, but here what it is. If, what if this? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. But what if this? Tony Stark just shows up, and you think it's going to be this gigantic battle. And instead, he pulls what he does in Iron Man 1, where he just has that, like all the missiles come out of his shoulders and like auto-lock, and just kill all of the Jedi, yes. all of the Sith, yes. right there on the spot. And then you're like, oh, fuck. And you think it's going to be like a resolution, like, oh, the rise of the Star Wars people come back. Instead, it's just Avengers part fucking five. Yes. Yeah, they should. Uh, oh, I think the work. movie should start. It. It's like they had lightsabers. It should be the guns. It should be yes. the end of The Last Jedi. You know, it's like Ray's face triumphantly lifting those boulders, which I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure is the end of The Last Jedi, if I remember correctly. You know, yeah. whatever. And then it cuts to the credits. There's a start of episode nine. It cuts to the credits mm-hmm. and then it it like punches out and it's Tony Stark watching Star Wars and he's like what the fuck was that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well think, by the way think about this by the way think Avengers about th- 5 is them burning down all of Lucasfilm's department inside what of the Disney what was that think about this think about this real quick think about this I was just thinking like Scarlet Witch as by example in Avengers she has basically the force powers she's a chick she think about how much more of a character they've been able to establish for Scarlet Witch in the Avengers films than Ray in Star Wars. I know so much about Scarlet Witch. Like I know, like I know that she was fucked with, and then she lost. She 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 trusted the Avengers. She lost her brother, so she has this tense relationship with them. I know that she fell in love with Vision and like saw potentially a normal life there, and that it was tragically ripped away at the last minute, and then she literally. was away. Yeah, it was literally ripped away at the last minute. I know. So I want things for Scarlet Witch like what do you want to see happen to Scarlet Witch it's like oh I definitely want to see her get back with Vision because it's like I feel like they had a real thing and they had a rapport and I want to I want and she's been through a lot of shit so I want her to have some kind of happiness with Vision moving forward on this new series yada 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 WandaVision like I want that for her character think about the amount of screen time and the relative narrative significance if that's even a thing to the film she's been in of Scarlet Witch versus Rey in the first two Star Wars films. I want I don't know who Rey is. I don't know what she wants. I don't know what she's been through. She just she's she has a backstory. And I mean that in like with a capital B backstory in the vaguely that she just has some sort of backstory. <laughs> like <laughs> what's Rey's backstory? Her. What's her Rey's backstory? The fact that she has one. <laughs> it's like she's on a planet because she was left there by something. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter because it has literally not factored into anything that has happened after that. Other than someone jumping in to remind us, you know that backstory that you were waiting for? It's not actually there. Whoa! My expectations have been completely subverted. subverted. Um, fuck. But just think about that. Think about how like I can feel in my chest, my emotional involvement, and I don't really care necessarily about Scarlet Witch that much, but I can feel actual things I want for that character. What do you want for Rey? Anybody? Like, do you want her? Does it matter if she's a bad guy or a good guy in the next film at all? I mean, the bad guy thing would be more interesting, but aside from that, I don't care, and I don't feel like I know her or I've met her, and I feel like I've met Scarlet Witch. Think about the amount of time Scarlet Witch has been on screen versus the amount of time that Rey has been on screen. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, fucking owned I Star wish, Wars. I wish I, I wish I remembered any of that trailer to talk about any more of it, other than maybe there's. Uh, it was mostly uh, clips from old movies. Ray yeah. and mm-hmm. Kylo Ren fighting on a rainy, like sure they do that again. Technology somewhere. Uh, yes. uh, they're that, fighting. That'd be on really technology. cool. 
as if they uh they just took it like straight aliens and uh the first 20 minutes of the film is just like a really intense love scene between kylo ren and ray Mm -hmm. and you're like oh fuck this is not i don't know i guess (laughs) i guess maybe the last film ended differently than what i thought (laughs) and then it's just like oh they just move on and uh like everybody's just living their day-to-day life and then suddenly like act three ray is in like immense pain Mm -hmm. and then fucking super fucking jedi sith motherfucker like burst out of her chest and in the rest of the film bodied kylo ren miniature jumps out of her chest and his pants pulled up and you're and you're thinking like maybe like the whole movie is gonna like conclude with like the Mm -hmm. resolution between kylo ren and like ray and palpatine but in reality that fucking thing just rips out of her chest or out of her out of her womb yeah have it be and then he just slays the entire universe yes and He's Star killer. Xen- and he's a xenomorph, so it connects to the Prometheus. Now we're, there we're yes. talking. Now we're, now yes. we're fucking talking. He just comes out fully yes. developed Michael like that. Michael Fassbender's yes, yes. head to actually be the thing inside of the No, no, Death they Star. put Michael Bas- Fassbender's head on C-3PO's body. There we go. Oh, that yes. explains the red eyes. That explains the what? The red eyes. Yes. Why does C-3PO yes, have yes. red eyes? World of Warcraft re-released. World of Warcraft Classic is out. Yeah. People are playing the fuck out of that. Yeah, it, yeah they are. I, I have uh, not started again. I, I played it when it originally came out. And, Ar- Armin uh, almost beat me at CrossFit yesterday. Oh. Ah. Almost? How close was I? It was like you're, 30 seconds. Yeah, you were less than 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that actually is really close. That's yeah. way too close. What was the workout? Muscle ups and stuff. The workout shit. was uh the workout was twenty-one overhead squats, seven shouldered overhead, seven bar muscle ups, fourteen overhead squats, fourteen shoulder overhead, seven bar muscle ups, and then seven overhead squats. 21 no, shoulder tw- overhead. 21 shoulder overhead, seven, bar, seven muscle bar muscle ups. Nice. And uh, I scaled it, so I only use like 95 pounds. Chase mm-hmm. used the RX weight. Oh, I didn't, know, I didn't know that you scaled it. Yeah, yeah, I scaled it. That makes it. me feel a little better. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, I scaled the fuck out of it. You thought I was... You it was the was, muscle ups where he was motherfucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought I was that close using the same weight as you? Holy shit, that yeah, man. crazy. Yeah, Chase has been freaking Sneaky out. Fit, he didn't man. sleep last night. No. No. No, I felt okay about it, but Armin just... Has a uh, better capacity for bar muscle ups. It mm-hmm. turns out apparently two thick boys. He's gonna win the thick boy race. Yeah. Uh, I only woke up. I so I did it in seven twenty eight. You're like seven fifty something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I woke up to my uh, teammate for duality in San Antonio. Uh, he's like, hey, I did that workout this morning. I did four forty one. What? Jesus. <laughs> the fuck? And I was like. Cool. I just wanted to start my day by feeling inferior <laughs> about <laughs> everything. Holy shit, that's oh, ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I I scaled the fuck out of it because I have not overhead squatted since the last time there was an open workout with overhead yeah. squats, and I was like, I don't know if my shoulders can deal with this right now because mm-hmm. I've been getting beat up at jiu-jitsu recently. If you converted all those reps to double unders, I don't think I could get it in four forty one. Just. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I could do any uh, that amount of anything in four minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah. Uh, He's pretty bullshit fit right now. Dude, that is that is fucking crazy. Is it, though? Because we did... I think I could have gone faster had we not done... So we did some cycling before that. Um, well... Six-minute EMOM of six hang clean and... No. Six, yeah, hang, six hang, hang power cleans. Hang power cleans and four jerks. And then four jerks. So at 185. I, I think... Here's what I'm going to say. I think 441 is definitely... Duable. It's about as fast as it could be done mm-hmm. because uh, your fastest did, round was 125. Yeah, my <laughs> fastest round was like 125, yeah, yeah. which comes out to around a 440 yeah, yeah. if you add in some so like, you just got to do that several times. So you have to do that three times in yeah. a row. Yeah. 
And I guess if you're that fucking fit, you just do that. That that's just you're like, oh, you're the fastest round that some other person can do. That's just my going round for yeah. this workout. Yeah. So, well, duh. <laughs> Obvi, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so are you doing? Uh, how's the open prep going, Chase? Well, I'm uh, I'm getting ready for that competition in San Antonio Duality, mm-hmm. which uh, if you're going to be in San Antonio for that, mm. I'll be there at least for San. What is it? Uh, it's a like big competition that's happening, yeah, yeah. like two day competition down there. Oh, when uh, is it? When is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, September twenty seventh and twenty eighth. Oh, okay, cool. I will be in Los Angeles that weekend, unfortunately. Sick. So you hear the day you after my birthday. First. Kyle Bogart from Skills Needed will be there competing. Yeah. Alongside me, uh, he is your super fit teammate. That's what mm-hmm. nobody knows. So I'm getting ready for that. I've been getting ready for that. Um, just because I have this fit fuck with me. Uh, that I have to try to keep up with. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think open prep's going frustratingly well. Um, you know, know th- this means. week, so this week you, was like guys, definitely you, a tank. So are you guys like gearing up now for uh, for October? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. gearing up for, I mean, like for the competition and for the open. It was just coincidental yeah. that they said it was October tenth. I knew it was coming. Um, I was married yeah. on October tenth. No shit. Congratulations. Sorry, just threw that out there because I remember having to do the invitations. That's I'm rad. not married to her anymore. Continue. I mean, if you are, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> How, is that like how many episodes in a row have you have you brought up the divorce uh, now, at this not, point it, in a row I feel like it's been coming up yeah, more yeah. recently though no it's no, like, I, no I, I haven't heard about it day, in a while. back in the day I would bring it up probably, I think more frequently I, I don't think I've brought it up in a long I time I feel like I haven't heard about it in a while really? sometimes I, I just forget I feel yeah. like there's there's been some synchronicity going on in the universe I think we might also be confusing off mic conversations with on mic conversations that's true sometimes it often comes up when when Katie's around for some reason I don't know why that's Talk about we talk about Katie starts every conversation shit, with you. It just sort of comes up organically. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. I don't talk about it that much on the pod. Yeah, we weren't but talking I talk about, about it a podcast lot here at the house, about, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I just mix everything up because yeah, everything yeah. happens in this in this kitchen slash living yeah, room. I, slash I basically look around. I'm like, yeah, I had a house once. <laughs> I was happy once. No, I'm kidding. I, I was not happy at all, which it explains was, the murder. Uh, yes, exactly. Well, no one will find her. Yeah. So I'm not saying Kyle fucked that dolphin, but he definitely fucked that dolphin. Yeah, open prep. Open prep is... Uh, it's going, man. Uh, I still suck at ring muscle-ups. I still suck at bar muscle-ups. Uh, and I'm still pretty awful at strict handstand push-ups. So I'm, I'm guessing I'm going to have pretty similar fucking results. <laughs> Rough <laughs> open. <laughs> I'm going to be like, damn, I killed that heavy barbell workout and uh, crushed it on the raw capacity and then ate shit whenever mm-hmm. high gymnastics came in. So... What we need to do is get you on one of those like hundred hundred push up a day um, plans TRT exactly, uh, but instead a hundred uh, handstand push ups. I, a day. I damn near do it. I yeah. damn near not a day, but I'm I'm probably doing high volume handstand push ups yeah, three yeah. times a week. Oof, <laughs> fun. Turns out I just need to do it four times a week. Maybe like, uh, Brent. That's Maybe <laughs> Maybe there's a difference there. Uh, yeah, I don't. I. I I don't know what the solution is, but I, I wonder. I wonder what the actual difference for you is going to be in the open this year. I bet the main difference is is that I have 15 pounds. <laughs> it feels like 15 pounds. If I could just lose like 10 pounds, yeah. I bet all that stuff would be exponentially better. I I bet you're right. Yeah, but it's not no, going to do. Cut off one of your lower legs. Yeah, lower legs. <laughs> not not to be confused with my main legs. Yes, it's my lower legs. They branch so, out from my ankles. See, that's the problem with your muscle ups. You've been doing too many squats. Now you got these big legs. You got to drag Jesus around Christ. everywhere. Whereas that's Armin, with his tiny little bird legs, he can just pop right up you? there. You know, how dare you? Uh, yeah. 
I, lordosis is very hard to overcome with strict handstand push-ups and muscle-ups. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. true. I'm I'm looking forward to the open. Got to be further open. away from the wall so open it's not to touch fun. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the open, but it'll be fun. Five weeks of bullshit, yeah. bullshitting. Why Some not? part of me almost wants to just... I've been really not working out very much lately, so I'm so like, what if I just started open prep? Next yeah. week, I mean, I can tell prep, you, I, open prep for you would be what? Just, uh, just starting to exercise, just right? Starting to yeah. get back into exercise. Yeah. I, I exercised for the first time in months and months and months the other day. Still sore from it. Yep. Just Hell little, yeah. Just oh hey, goblet uh, squats and dumbbell deadlifts. Not, not to cut you off, but uh, your your little woman from Omega. Mm. Yes, she's she at our gym now. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. Motherfucks me on the daily. Yeah, yes. Oh, she so beat yes. you yesterday. She she beats me quite consistently. So how is how is how is she? Getting, I don't know. Uh, so for those who don't know, Sarah Hobbs. Yeah, Sarah yeah. Hobbs. Uh, we're to my dad's gym. We met her when we were in Dallas, etc. And now she has moved to Austin. So now she's going to Yakara. Cool. So how is so she she fitting in? She's, yeah, she's crazy fit. Dude. <laughs> she's, she's she's in ridiculously. She's good crazy shape. fit. The only uh, thing I can take solace in is that she's not very strong. Yeah, she's still go. really strong, yeah, but yeah. she like gets murdered by heavyweight. Nice. And she's not you know she's not a man. Yes. So I can beat her on rowing workouts yes. where we have she to do the same She weighs about the same, the same as Bowie probably. <laughs> probably. Probably about that much. So. Um, Excellent. I got a win on I got a win on her this week, so I felt pretty good. You hang clean more than she did. No, it was a it was a GHD and double under workout. So I was like, fuck yeah. Well, it's good that that all makes sense because my dad, I remember, and I think we've said this before, so we'll give it keep it quick. But he had said, I think, two years ago or something, when he was doing, uh, he was starting at Omega in Plano, which is really close to the house we grew up in. uh, He had said, yeah, there's this really fit lady at my gym. Uh, she's really fit. Like, it's mostly, he says, just, you know, people about my age, but there's one lady who's really fit. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, how did she do? I think maybe the open was going on. Like, how did she do on that? And he said her very, her, her times or her scores. And I remember Cliff and I looked at each other. We're like, are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> highly skeptical like that he had gotten it right. Nearly like, unbelievable. Yeah. 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 It was just like, way, it was just, it was just on the, just slightly on the other side of like, that's probably not the fittest. It's like, and we, and very condescendingly, I think we were probably, like, oh, you probably, you probably meant, Four rounds instead of five, or you probably meant that, <laughs> like whatever. And then we met her later, and more stories. I'm like, oh, I think Dad has really. So now to finally see it in full, full fruition, she's now at Yakaru. I can confirm it is. She is in crazy good shape. So I guess mm-hmm. I, I owe my father an apology. Goddamn Terminator, things, but yeah. that especially. Yeah, she's definitely one of those like, uh, she's she's like one of those fit people where chances are. For the average human being, mm-hmm. she's the fittest person they'll ever meet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, yes. just, she just, no, she'll just, just probably be the fittest person they'll ever come yes. across 100%. in their life. Yeah. I, I used to say I mean, that I've all met the time. Matt Fraser, so I'm good. Yeah, it's like still. Yeah, yeah. I used to say that all the time to people when they were like uh, talking about. So these 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 CrossFitters are pretty fit, and I would just say I used to say like the guy who was in the last qualifying spot at regionals is fitter than any person you've met in your entire life. The guy who used to come in last place. At regionals, rest in peace. Regionals is fitter than not it, if no, it was the South region. Now listen, not <laughs> listen, 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 not listen. For us, not for us who are in that space, and but for the, the average yeah. person. For the average person, think about anyone they know yeah. if they don't are not in a CrossFit. Anyone they know who could qualify for regionals back in the day, that's and that's why impossible. that's like, why, by the way, there's so much. Uh, that's why it's so. It was so difficult back then with mm-hmm. regionals. For people to like support their coach, who's the fittest person they've ever fucking met, can't understand how anybody could possibly be fitter than them. Like watch, watch them and get then murked. watch their yeah, coach yeah, yeah. go to regionals and literally take last place in yeah. every workout. And they're like, 
what well, just yeah. happened? It's like, well, yeah, the difference between you who just started CrossFitting at 38 with like a bum I'm shoulder. Worshipping the wrong God. And your coach <laughs> is the same difference between your coach and anyone in the top 10 at regionals is the same difference of like last place at the games and first place at the games. Yeah, like yeah. there are orders of magnitude so many different <laughs> chasms it's, it's just good unbridgeable that, yes. gaps it's good that you cannot perceive the full breadth of the void because if you did then you would give up immediately 100 percent. you would realize it's you would realize it is staring back at you um but yeah i know that's the thing is that like i remember because we had guys at our gym even though exeship was not you know a big competitive gym in the way that yukaru is but you still had guys in there who were you know, most of them were coaches and stuff. You saw guys in their six-pack abs walking around on their hands, fucking uh, clean and jerking over 315. All the fit guy stuff. When, like, just if they participated in a workout, they would just finish in half the time of the, the fittest person in class. And that guy would qualify, would fail to qualify for regionals by, like, I remember him saying at one point, like, 150 spots. Like, not even fucking not even close, close yeah. to qualifying for regionals. Like, mm-hmm. that guy uh, is 100. Like, he's he's hoping maybe five years from now his his games would be making it to regionals. Again, rest in peace regionals. You all understand. But, and so that was the fucked up part. It was like when I used to say, like, oh, yeah, the guy who's in last place is fitter than anyone you've ever met. I mean that in the most literal sense for most people on Earth. Yeah, yeah dog. Hell, yeah. I, f- I love that. That's yeah. my f- that's one of my favorite things to realize. Yes. Just, just so far away from just what the fucking so tip away. of the spear is. Like, you might feel like you're really close to the tip of the spear. Yeah. But, and when the best part about that is... Uh, doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah. And, it and literally the, does not. I feel it's very close to the tip of the spear you, you, on certain workouts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, There's certain yeah. workouts I could do. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but I now realize something, and I realize a much more attainable goal for most people. You don't need to qualify for the games. You don't need to be the fittest person on earth. Just be. Just your goal should be to be the fittest person amongst the people you know. That's right. If that that's all you need to be. We can't be that though. You No, and me. certainly not. That's but that's a way that's more a, that's reasonable a goal. Door. I can confidently say that I mean it's almost the same exact uh, payoff except you're not getting paid yeah. to do the sport. But people will give you the same exact compliments and be like, "Jeez, you could probably do that in half the time." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh wow, yeah. you probably need to put on more weight." That's the types of things that yes. Matt Fraser probably hears everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. Yes. No matter what it is. Yep. Yeah. It really is just about getting over the annoyance of not liking that someone else can do something that you can't do. Like, it used to be, like, what would actually drive me to, like, well, I was like, I'm, I need to get that 600-pound deadlift just so that other I know that I can do things that other people around me can't do. That's really it. And then yeah, once the you give up on that. the 500 will do that, too. What was that? The 500-pound deadlift Yeah, but I did that, that already. But then I knew that there were other people who could lift more than 500, so I had to stop. Well, there you go. So. Um, Christ. Yeah, yeah. man. All right, that's enough. That's yeah. enough fitness Plenty. talk. We talk so much fitness. Let's go together. Forty-eight minutes of garbage. Social media out there. <laughs> Wrap this b up. Uh, well, I'm at Mr. Kyle Bogart on the most sensual Instagram account on the internet. I'm at Cliff Bogart on the fattest Instagram account on the internet. And I'm at Chase Five Hundred Four on Instagram and YouTube. And you can find me at Arm and Hammer TV. If you are watching this or listening to this on Monday, September second, which is Labor Day. This is, the, this is the final day for you to go on to armandhammer.tv and get some sweet merch because we're just we're shutting it down and then reopening it in a few weeks with some new very cool shit. Sick. The so coolest shit. It's very, very cool stuff. Uh, Chase is the only one rocking the merch right now. Chase is the yeah, only one rocking. So if you want like a BRP shirt. And Armin's planning. It's so convenient. Yes. And Armin's planning a photo shoot that will involve pyrotechnics. That's right. Motorcycle jumps. Correct. And strippers. Fireworks. Yeah. 
uh, prefabricated sets. It's going to be awesome. Constructed on site. It's going to be awesome. I'm really pumped. I mean, I'm spending I'm Jeff Kane years <laughs> of CrossFit's media budget yes. just to put on a couple of photo shoots. Yeah, really yes. Hashtag about that. CEO of CrossFit. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for your support. And we'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.